welcome to this week's episode of Not This, the podcast that seeks to deconstruct fear-based belief patterns and systems with curiosity and love. I'm your creator, Tina Marie Olson, and this one, (laughs) we had this conversation probably about a month ago, and I have been just itching to get it out to you because Kat Kim is an incredible human being. I was going to use the word magical, which yes, of course, but her story is the reason why people say stories should be told. (laughs) Her story is absolutely fascinating, so incredibly brave, and really opens up our perspective to how powerful this path of true healing and expansion and co-creation truly can be. So I hope you enjoy Kat as much as I did. I mean, I know you will because this is just everything. So I love you and enjoy. much for joining me today. I was telling you in our very brief introduction to each other in conversation that the minute I saw your website, I was sold. I was just like, this human, this being, this magical, magical incarnation who calls herself Kat Kim is for me. (laughs) So thank you so much for (laughs) joining me today. Yeah, I'm so excited to um, be here with you for the the people who are joining in on us, which you guys missed out on. As soon as we met on Zoom, we're like, we just started talking, 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 talking. I'm like, within five minutes, I'm already in tears. What the hell, Tina? <laughs> that was so cool. And then, and then we're like, we should probably record this yeah. now. <laughs> and and also, yeah. it wasn't anything in particular, other than um, what I. So I was telling you a bit about Theta Healing and kind of what it is and the. Yeah, the background, which if people who are listening are interested, I have multiple episodes that explain it in a little bit more detail, or you can go on my webpage and sign up for emails, which I don't ever send <laughs> and get a free meditation. <laughs> I love but, it. Um, the thing that came through for me, for you, was an ancestral belief of how hard you have to work for money. Okay, so you weren't just saying that as an example, you were actually, you were, well, I mean, it's, one and the same because I don't get to choose what I say anyway. Holy shit, girl. I hope we can cuss because I feel like of it's course. all going to flow out of the, like, <laughs> oh my God, that is so crazy. Okay. Because that's actually what I've been working through in these last two years mm. around that specific thing. And there's a whole story behind that. Oh my mm-hmm. God. So it's, so I was like, yeah, that's a really good example because that, that applies to me. <laughs> That's intense. Mm. I love it. I need to learn more about this theta healing. Yeah. Mm. Well, so spirit is the one who's at work here. You know, I often say this is spirit's podcast, not mine, because if I thought I had a podcast, I'd really freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Right. Especially that I have to like every other episode, I record my own self-talking and I'm like if I had to know that I had to say something like I wouldn't be able to do it (laughs) I love it I love it that you're just so open to surrendering it's like it's part Mm. of it feels like it's just part of who you are you just Mm -hmm. you you have this beautiful practice of surrendering moment Mm -hmm. to moment to moment and I Mm. and you know when I'm when I hear you talk there's just so much trust and faith Mm -hmm. that you are connected to the cosmos you're connected to spirit or God and Mm -hmm. and you just you're just letting it flow in each moment Thank you it's for beautiful. that. It's been many years <laughs> working towards. I know. I know. Yeah. 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 So um, I definitely want to get to what you do and your perspective on life and all these things, but I'm just like dying to dig in and heal this thing for you that you've been working oh! on for the last two years. Oh my God. Okay. This is going to be an interesting episode then in an interview, excuse me, because usually you know, people have like, um, you know, questions they want to, mm-hmm. predictable questions. I never wanted to, <laughs> never got an actual coaching session. So do you want to hear the background story? Sure. To Whatever that? you feel like sharing. Oh my gosh. So I feel like um, right now I'm like cat 3.0 because there's been three mm. versions of me. 
Mm-hmm. And just a really quick background. Um, I My mother fed me diet pills when I was six years old. And that was the beginning of a lifelong struggle of low self-confidence, body image issues, um, lack of self-worth. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember if she was, um, if she wanted me to lose weight or if I was, if I was asking her because mm-hmm. all of that was happening at that time. I just mm-hmm. remember being barely tall enough to look over the kitchen counter and I would look up at her and one day she was cutting something on a um, on a board, or every day she would be cutting mm-hmm. something on a board. And then one day I asked her, um, you know, Mom, why are you doing this? And she said, Well, these are diet pills, and these are for adults, and you're only a child, so um, you only need to eat half of it. And so mm-hmm. I just, you know, as you probably already know, like as a six year old, I don't have the capacity to understand what what's mm-hmm. you know right or wrong or whatever. I just accepted. I just accepted mm-hmm. in that moment that um something about me is wrong Mm -hmm. it's something about my body is ugly and that it needs to be fixed Mm -hmm. with something outside of me i need Mm -hmm. to consume something to make myself better Mm -hmm. so um that was like the beginning of a lifelong struggle of low self-confidence body image issues all of that and i also grew up in a really emotionally and um um, abusive and Mm. physically abusive environment Mm -hmm. so i started smoking and drinking at 13, doing hardcore drugs at um, 16. And then I started dealing cocaine when I was 18. Mm. And um, I was transporting cocaine from Washington State to California on the plane. And this is when I was like, oh, yeah, I was in the East Bay. I got arrested there. So um, one day I was caught. I was I was arrested. I was handcuffed and put behind bars in Oakland, California. Mm. Okay. And at this time, at that time, it was like notorious for its high rates of violent crimes and homicides. Mm-hmm. And I was right there in the middle of all of that. Mm-hmm. And I was fearless, Tina. But it wasn't the type of fearlessness that comes from um, courage, mm-hmm. you know, it from the heart. It mm-hmm. was the type of fearlessness that came from having absolutely no self-regard for mm-hmm. myself or my, or my future, you know. Mm-hmm. And so even while I was in jail, I was trying to make drug deals. I was like, hey, man, you know what? I'm here in Oakland. I'm going to network. <laughs> I'm going to try to make the most out of this as I can. Um, so suddenly I was, you know, there arrested. I was facing three years in state prison. I pled guilty. Um, I went to rehab for uh, uh, two years. And the point of my story is that um, even though I quit the drugs and alcohol, this feeling of lack mm-hmm. of self-worth did not go away. Right. Mm-hmm. So it began to manifest in other ways. And I um, started getting involved in really toxic relationships with emotionally abusive men mm-hmm. that stole. I mean, it just like zapped my energy. I was completely depleted. And this entire time I walked around like I was um, the meanest, ugliest bitch in town. I didn't mm-hmm. take care of myself. Mm-hmm. Um I was grossly overweight. I was not taking, I mean, I was doing drugs, but I was also, when I was eating, I was binge eating Mm -hmm. and it was just so, so unhealthy. I, you know, I I was smoking. I smoked since I was 13. And um, it wasn't until uh, one day um, I was walking down my apartment hallway. And at this time I was in a really, really emotionally abusive relationship. And I was walking up to the elevator door and in the hallway, there's this huge, like, um, ceiling to floor mirror that hung on the wall across the elevator door. And I'm just, I had my head down and I'm walking up and I looked up, I just glanced up and I caught a glimpse of someone in the hallway and I saw her, um, reflection in the, in the mirror and she was totally unkept. She was like, um, her face was really puffy and swollen and red and, and um, she was wearing big baggy like sweats and she just, you know, more than how she looked, it, there was this deep, dark, emanating energy that was coming from her. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, even though I was wallowing in my own toxicity, I just thought, oh, my God, at least I'm not that bad. You know, mm-hmm. I was I saw her and I was like, oh, at least I'm not that bad. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks. That there was nobody else in the hallway. There was no one else there except for me. Mm-hmm. I, I caught a glimpse of myself in that mirror. I had become so disconnected with who I wanted to be as a woman and who I was being that I didn't even recognize myself when I mm-hmm. saw myself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and finally, that was my moment. That was my moment when I decided I would do whatever it takes to become the woman that I wanted to be. And this sounds a little bit dramatic, but as the mirror or as the, you know, I stepped into the elevator um, and as the doors are closing this way, you know, I can see myself um, across the, the hallway in the, in the mirror. And I'm like, this is it. You know, this mm. is it. Doors close. And I'm like, this is the moment. I'm going to do whatever it takes because I wanted to be beautiful. I wanted to be powerful. I wanted to be impactful. I wanted to transform lives. That was, that was what my true divine calling was. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was nothing nothing not even anything close to that in fact to even share that vision with somebody was mm -hmm. so scary because i knew they would laugh at me they're like mm -hmm. you you want to be beautiful what like you want to you want to do important things like look at you now is the response that i always thought i would get um so it was that moment where i began studying everything under the sun around mm -hmm transformation. I became a certified professional image consultant. So I, I began studying colors and style and body shapes. And you know, how do we accentuate the most beautiful parts of our body mm -hmm. instead of focusing on hiding all the things we don't like, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I became a nationally certified personal trainer because I wanted to understand what the physical body goes through mm -hmm. when it undergoes transformation. Um, and then I and then I went into life coaching. So I became a transformative life coach for three years. I studied about the power of our minds and you know the psychology of our minds and how our you know thoughts and feelings affect our behaviors and our and our uh, results. And um, during this entire time, I'm I'm making this huge transformation. You know, like I started. I started to take care of myself. I, I wore clothes that fit me. I lost a lot of weight, all of those things. But interestingly, this quest for transformation on the outside, it kept taking me deeper and deeper and deeper inside mm. into the world of spirituality and quantum physics and mm -hmm. metaphysics. And I know you know this. And, you know, it led me to um, God, which I was not expecting. Like, no, no, like that's not what I want. Like I had... I had shut God out. Um, but, you know, I discovered that, you know, if you're on this path then and you're taking it seriously, then you will be led there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you will be led there. You might have different names for it, but um, there's a source. There's a there is a higher super consciousness, higher consciousness, whatever name. Right. And mm -hmm. I know you know what I'm talking about. Like we're mm -hmm. all connected in that space and that one mind, mm -hmm. that one mind. Um, and so. So I decided I would dedicate my um, career to helping women um, do, you know, go undergo the same transformations, you know, uh, overcome their fears and shame and doubt. And um, so I started something called the School of Divine Confidence, where I provide spiritual training and confidence coaching um, to rising women leaders. So that's like, that was kind of cap. 1.0 mm, <laughs> or cat mm -hmm. 2.0. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's where, here's where, and feel free to jump in at any time. No, I'm, I'm just like loving, so I'm along for the ride. I love this. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. So um, fast, like, so maybe this is about 10 years ago now. You know, I've launched my business. Um, I'm doing really, really well, okay? I've had opportunities to be on um, the show. Um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson had a motivational reality TV show called Wake Up Call. I was invited to be a contributing coach on there. Um, I was chosen, my business was chosen to be um, part of um, uh, the, the, um, the Washington State beauty pageant. So they, they wanted mm. me to be their platform. So all of a sudden I'm like coaching all the group of women, you know, and, and people are really catching on to my ideas and everything. And the interesting thing that, and I'm going to lead into the, the family trauma. Um, it, the interesting thing is, is that every single time I would do something and I put myself out there, I would get wonderful response. Like I, I, I turn on when I'm on stage. Um, and then all of a sudden I would start shutting down. Like the energy that was coming my way, it became so intense and I felt very vulnerable. And so I would... Um, I would shut down and I would stop doing um, my business activities, right? Mm -hmm. And I would start hiding. So it became this cycle where I'm, I'm shining and then I'm hiding. I'm shining and then I'm hiding. I have overcome so many things in my life, like uh, abuse, addiction. I stopped smoking at 30 years old. I smoked for 17 years, wow. okay? I stopped drugs. I mean, crack, cocaine, you name it.
I stopped it. I stopped myself. Um, I stopped the addiction to emotionally abusive relationships, which is probably the hardest of them all. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I've overcome many things. And so for me to, I mean, I've been successful in many areas, but for some reason, it did not make sense that I could not continue to show up in my business with a powerful voice and do things again, like, um, um, consistently. Mm -hmm. And this really impacted my money. This mm. really impacted um, cash flow because when I do something, cash comes in, right? And then I stop, right? So I was on this like, this like feast or famine, which I know is normal. I know that's normal for any entrepreneur who begins, but when I, at a certain point, it became like, wait a second. Mm -hmm no and you know i did all the things i did all, all the spiritual practices the prayers and i i know how to do the things that i've been successful in many areas applying spiritual principles and practices but why with money like why what was it finally discovered first of all my entire my father had a gambling addiction okay mm -hmm. and at that same time my niece also was arrested and she went to prison almost for the identical thing as me, almost in the same, actually in the same, in Northern California. Whoa. All right? And yeah, and for cocaine. And it was just wild. And then, and so I began to like, wait a second, there's something going on here that it's beyond me. It's not just that I'm thinking of scarcity and lack, right? Like mm -hmm. this is beyond me. And um, everything came to a head two years ago, Amy. So the um gambling addiction became so intense in my family that it was tearing us all apart my father was not sharing any details financial information my mother was having anxiety she was sick because of it and i was trying to help them but i i just soon discovered that i'm actually just being codependent okay and so um i said to myself i'm done with this i'm i can't do this anymore and so I purchased a one-way ticket to Seoul, Seoul, Korea, two years ago in August 2018. Can we just August pause for a second? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that, no, no, no. On Seoul? I yeah. mean, I know it's not spelled S-O-U-L. Yeah. But to say yeah. I purchased a one-way ticket to Seoul, I was like, <laughs> I didn't even, I didn't even put that together. I, I've played around with the word. I get it, soul to soul, and people. When, but I never even heard it like as that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So check this out. This is where this is where we're gonna take another turn here. So purchased a one-way ticket to Seoul. Don't even know what anyone there. <clears throat> okay. I, I felt called to go there to reconnect with my culture and my heritage. I was born there, but I came here when I was really young. Um, it was a big deal. And I started doing this countdown on social media. People were following my journey. I was like day 13, day 12, day um, 11, day 10, day nine. And on day eight, eight days before my departure, I found my father dead in his bed. Yeah he it unexpectedly he passed away and it was like you know i found him dead his mouth was open he was on his bed his hand was on his pillow like this and i thought he was sleeping you know he just looked so comfortable and so peaceful mm -hmm. and i called out his name and he didn't answer and then that's when i knew that's when i knew he was he had passed away mm -hmm. so so this is what happened after he, he, we made the, um, he had, he was a veteran, so we had the memorial service, but we didn't even have a funeral funeral because that's how, like my father was such a pain in the ass when he was alive. And we were also distraught about the money. And like, it, there was so much going on, so much toxicity, so mm -hmm. much toxicity, Amy. I was so mad at him. I was so mad at him for the years leading up to his death. I was so pissed that like all he could sh show me was this like, you know, after he uh, uh, retired that all he's going to do is gamble. Really? He was he was a bit agoraphobic, too. He didn't go anywhere. Three places, the gas station, the smoke shop and the casino. Mm. It's 
all he did after his after he um um retired and i was so mad like as a daughter like mm-hmm. how is that, how could you how could that be all that you want to show me and i was very resentful um and so as soon as he died we all like a handful of us went through thousands and thousands and thousands of documents trying to paint a picture because he he didn't throw anything away but he hoarded um and he kept in you know secret like all of his um financial documents Mm -hmm. and so we had to go through everything to paint a picture of what was going on Mm -hmm. we found out he filed for bankruptcy he forged three documents with my mom's signature on it um they're not just regular they're they're deeds to the house Mm -hmm. um so um Long story short, he left us with $250,000 in debt, um, which my mom is responsible for. But who's really responsible? I mean, that's me. Like, I'm taking care of my mom right now. She's 73. She's retired. So if we don't pay that money, it's, you know, they're going to take the house away. Mm-hmm. So um, that was like everything. Like, I was like, okay, like, all of a sudden we're in a legal battle now too because i had to hire an attorney and figure this out stuff out so there's this intense amount of shame Mm -hmm. and shame around money and money issues and it began to make sense to me like oh my god um there's been so much shame around money that i would choose rather not to have it because i saw what it did to my family whenever money came into my life it came with pain and I saw what happens, you know, it tears people apart. And I was, I think, and I realized I just don't even want to have it. Mm-hmm. So here's where, it, here's the thing. This is where the ancestral healing bit comes. comes. So um, I, once I realized that there's something deeper going on here, and I started to put the pieces together around money and my dad's issues and my issues and then um, addiction in my family, um, I talked to a um, family constellation therapist. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So she, she and she's, she's kind of like an ancestral, she taps into that and she was, okay. it was amazing. But what she wanted me to do was to um, find information about my father, about what may have caused him to go, to go into addiction. And I was like, are you kidding me? First of all, he's dead. And secondly, my dad didn't tell me anything. He was like a, he was so quiet and secretive about his entire life. Mm-hmm. Like if you energetically, he was like a brick wall, mm-hmm. not a brick wall, a cement, very thick cement wall that you don't, you can't look above, you can't go around, you can't even get through. Impenetrable. That was his, oh, wow. You don't, yes, perfect. And you don't even try. That's mm-hmm. how powerful he was. Mm-hmm. That was his presence in all of our lives. So much so that I did not even realize that he had a that he would have parents it never dawned on me until after he Mm. passed away that i would even have paternal parents or -hmm. grandparents Mm -hmm. so all of this to say that he never talked about his past or his history Mm. never but my brother and i had heard that one that like he had been involved in politics here and there a long time ago um, because when he would get drunk, he would like get really passionate about it. But we never even thought to ask him about it, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find out information about my dad. It's like nearly impossible. I end up talking to um, my oldest brother. It, it's a little bit convoluted because everyone in our family is so, is estranged from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked to my eldest brother and I asked him, hey, you know, um, First, let me tell you this part. First, I asked my mom, is there something about dad that would have made him, you know, become addicted or shut him down? And she goes, oh, you have, you actually have another brother that died. And I was like, what? And and she said, yeah, you have another brother that he, he died when he was really, really young. So my stepbrother, I was stepbrother. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was your was dad's like, son, but not your mom's. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I have two older brothers that are my stepbrothers. Okay. Apparently, there was one one more. Okay. Um, and I thought, okay, that would make someone shut down, you know? So I called my eldest brother, and I asked him, I said, did you know that you had another brother? And he goes, oh, yeah, he died when I was four. And I said, how did he die? And he said, well, um, he was suffocated. 
he was accidentally suffocated um, with um, by his caretaker accidentally, and it, like when he was a baby, and he died. And I was like, oh my god. And then and then I just continued to ask him some more questions, and I said, do you know what would have caused Dad to shut down or even go and you know fall into addiction? And he goes, oh yeah, Dad almost died a long time ago. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, dad was involved in politics and he was running, he was helping um, the presidential candidate that was running against a dictator in Korea um, in the 50s and 60s. And he said, and my brother said, yeah, government officials came, they took him to a basement bunker and they tortured him. Mm -hmm. and, um, and they forced him never to go into politics again. And in that mo that was the moment I was like, oh my God, like everything began to make sense. Mm -hmm. You know, my father was tortured and he was forced to never speak his truth again. Right. Mm -hmm. And to completely shut down, he surrendered. He totally gave up. Mm -hmm. And it was like, well, now I know why he was the way he was, number mm -hmm. one. But then I began to understand, like all the pieces began to fall into place. Like, so then that's why I had this fear of mm -hmm. every time I speak my truth and every time mm -hmm. I'm doing something that there's this irrational fear. Like I felt it, I feel this viscerally in my body. Like mm -hmm. there's this big knife and they're gonna slice me. Mm -hmm. like, where, where do you come up with that, you know? Mm -hmm. So that began to make sense. Um, and then, you know, the whole reason why I even was going to leave to Korea and why I even sought out a uh, constellation therapy, family constellation therapist is because I was feeling so much like I couldn't breathe mm -hmm. and I felt like I was suffocating. And, I, and there's even videos of where I'm <gasps> talking to like, I know you got mm -hmm. it. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. I was like, I, like, if I didn't get out, if I didn't do something, I felt like I was going to suffocate and die. Those mm -hmm. were my exact words. I'm going to suffocate and die. I'm going to suffocate and die. And um, as I'm going through this journey, and I'm, I'm, I know you will appreciate this and you will also believe me, it's hard when, when I tell this. It's, it's actually, I don't tell the story a lot. I haven't even told it in public yet. <laughs> um, but because this is, you know, my constellation therapist says that I've channeled my father and I have a connection mm. with him. But sometimes when you say that to some people, they're like, what? You know, mm. He's dead. you can't do that. Well, but it's funny you say that because I was going to ask you if you wanted to talk to him, but apparently you already are talking to him and oh not to say God. that we can't. But anyway, go on. Yeah. Oh, my God. So mm -hmm. I had this vision. I had this vision of him, of him having a like a sack some sort of straw sack like a heavy burlap oh wow wrapped around his head and and tied like a, a, mm -hmm. a rope tied around his neck and they were suffocating him mm -hmm. and that was the moment he gave up his power mm -hmm. and i heard it like he said i will do whatever it takes to mm -hmm. survive i will do whatever it takes to survive mm -hmm. And it was that trauma, the trauma of not being able to breathe, mm -hmm. suffocating, and the feeling of, um, I just need to do whatever I can to survive, that has been passed down mm -hmm. to me and so many people in my family, mm -hmm. because that was the feeling I had, that was the feeling I was recreating in my business, like, I just need enough to survive. That was what my father was doing with his gambling. Mm -hmm. There was, he makes, he made plenty of money, but he threw it all away. He was mm -hmm. just barely surviving. And then who in my family actually, actually suffocated and died? Mm -hmm. My brother that mm -hmm. I don't even know his name. Mm -hmm. So like all of this, <laughs> this is very recent during the last couple of years. Mm. Um, all of this unfolded after I decided I was going to leave and go to Seoul. Okay, one way ticket to Seoul. Mm -hmm. And I know now that my father, this was his way. He's like, actually, I have something to tell you. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Sorry. No, let and it this flow. Is, this is the story. He wanted to finally tell his story. Mm -hmm. After all these years of keeping it secret, and now mm -hmm. he's telling his story. He's telling his mm -hmm. story through me and I'm getting like 
insights and information and little leads. Um, so it's been this incredible <laughs> journey, like it's still healing, of course, from all of it. Mm -hmm. But um, so when you said <laughs> there's mm -hmm. that there's ancestral stuff around this, mm -hmm. boy, you could not have been more accurate. Mm. Wow. You are good at what you do, girl. Oh, well, thank you. And I just, I have so much I want to reflect back to you. Okay, so the first thing okay. is you did take a one-way trip to Seoul. You oh. physically go to Korea, right? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you will understand this because of all the work you've done. And if someone were listening to this from the outside, it might sound trite, but that's not the energy it's coming from at all. It's coming from a deep gratitude from your entire family that you mm. are the person mm -hmm. that was able, that is able yeah. to hear, embody, understand, transmute, heal this yeah. for yeah. all of these people that have suffered so that it doesn't just keep getting passed down yeah. And stay here on earth as an energy that is keeping people in shame mm -hmm. and in their not self fear and unworthiness and all these things. And by saying that, I don't want to minimize your story at all. Oh my God. When you were talking about seeing yourself in the mirror, in the elevator mm. yeah, and the amount of courage that takes. And I know, obviously, your soul was involved in that epiphany, but still your human self had to be open and loving enough to yourself, even in mm -hmm. that state, especially in that state, to recognize that a full yeah. transformation was not only possible, but was for you so much mm -hmm. so that you had a huge vision. You didn't even have a vision of coming back to kind of zero, you know, of like, okay, no. fine. I'll just no. kind of get back to being okay. You were like, <laughs> fuck no, I'm going to blow this shit out of the water. I'm yeah. going to have an yeah. incredible, strong, beautiful, healthy body. I'm going to have an incredible, strong, beautiful, yeah. healthy mind. And oh, by the way, yeah. We don't really yeah. get to do anything without spirit. So got to fix that one too. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You are incredible and your soul is oh, incredible. Like I just, so sweet. I feel so honored to be in your presence because you are just so powerful. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. And Okay, so jumping in, this is this could not be more perfectly timed because we'll be able to get through this healing stuff pretty quick because you've already done. Okay, so what am I going to liken this to? A lot of times I talk about this kind of work as like going into the garage or basement and having to look at all the shit that nobody wanted to look at. Well, guess what? You already did all that yeah, hard work. I did it, girl. So all oh. I am is that last <laughs> cleaning crew that comes in and is like, this place needs a vacuum. It needs a wipe down. It maybe needs some yeah. sage. And then we're good. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I felt, and that's what I felt like. I think you should know a little bit of the backstory. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, yes. I have been doing the work and it's been incredible. Which is yeah. why, and I can't wait to talk about your clients and what your offerings are, but that's yeah. why people... I cannot tell you how often I come mm. across spiritual people, coaches. I also am a certified professional coach, um, people who call themselves things, but not only have they not gotten the education around it, but mm -hmm. they also haven't done all the work. They've maybe yeah. started a little bit on the journey, which is fantastic. I, I mean, I just, yeah. just like I say, you know, one of those franchised yoga studios is fantastic. It's great that you start somewhere because typically yeah. if someone's getting benefit, then they get curious about what the deeper wisdom is that's behind, you know, yeah. all, all entry doors yeah. are good, but you yeah. are so aligned. Mm. You are so on board with your own work, with your own yeah. reason that you're here and the mm. bravery that it took for you to become a forensic accountant. <laughs> Amidst grief, which is such a huge pot yeah. of emotions, it's not, it's not simple. Mm -hmm. It's not only sadness or missing. It's oh, rage, yeah. it's anger, it's betrayal, oh. it's shame, it's mistrust. It any of those things oh, are possible. Things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
it's like a cauldron of emotion, mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna sit here and I'm gonna stew in it. And that that's what that's what's we need to do is to be able to sit in it and and be in it and not try to bypass it mm-hmm. or make it wrong because all of these emotions. Oh my goodness, my poor father. He he covered those emotions he put a he speaking of cement he like covered it up and some put cement over it so nobody can get through it mm-hmm. and he died hold, holding on to that mm-hmm. and and that's what's been passed down to us and so you know one of the things that's so important that i teach my students and clients is that you've got to be willing and able and almost welcome those those mm-hmm. emotions all of them because they're all purposeful they're all they all come with their own wisdom mm-hmm. and it's so important not to push them away or yeah. make them wrong yeah and yeah. whenever we as humans have done the work to uncover what was really going on what someone's story to your point really is mm-hmm. it's impossible to then stay in blame yeah it's impossible to not forgive, not have compassion because I just don't believe whether you want to talk about something deeply personal, like your dad and all the chaos he caused for all of you, or whether we want to go all the way full fledged to our nation's political situation right now. But like, whatever the hell happened to Trump was awful because you can't be how he is in the world without yeah. like it's trauma that's leading the way. And that doesn't mean excuse the yeah. behavior. It doesn't mean don't set exactly. boundaries, do set boundaries. But yeah. once all that's in place, then we get to actually see, okay, what is this that needs to heal? And mm-hmm. I think on the political landscape, it's a mirror for our society of how much needs oh, to 100%. heal. Yeah. Oh yeah, and Trump is a mirror mm-hmm. for what's what's lying underneath, you know, the collective soul. Mm-hmm. He exactly. is a, he's a perfect example of who we are collectively. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? You know, all about showing off and you know mm-hmm. being as big as you can and being about yourself. That's it's just an, it's just an example of who we are. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, is this really enough for all of you? Or do you really yeah. want to take this all the yes. way down that road? Because if so. Yeah. There's really nothing that glamorous about it. It's yeah. And uh, so I just want to go back to your soul for a minute. Okay. (laughs) When you feel into your own soul, like Mm. what kind of magic do you know Mm. is there or is, I don't even know what words to use, but it's just like. God, all I want to say is like, what does that feel like? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I've never um, thought about as 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 connected to my soul because I, for me, I use the word I use the word God. You know, I talk to my God self, the God Mm. within me. That is the same as the God within you and the God within Mm -hmm. without me, outside of me, and. you know, my constant practice, my daily practice is to go, is to return to that infinite mm-hmm. source, that unconditional mm-hmm. love, that infinite power where there's no time, there's no boundaries, there's no beginning and there's no end there. Yeah. It just is. Mm-hmm. And and that is like, you know, I can feel it here. It's like this constant, beautiful flow, you yeah. know, and um, it feels great. Yeah. And then then I go into like, you know, um, you know, then what about like the flow of money? So that ancestral yeah. stuff then pops up right. and I can see, and now I, because I've done so much work, I can see, I can now see the scarcity, mm-hmm. uh, the thoughts of scarcity. And just so people know who are listening right now, um, I teach on this. I talk about consumerism and spirituality and how those two things have been married together. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw that essay on my website, but it went viral. I wrote an essay about consumer spirituality, and it's Mm -hmm. really the essentially the um, um, mainstream pop culture spirituality of today that really trains us to be better consumers, Mm -hmm. essentially. Um, So I'm very, you know, one of the things that I'm always talking about is be conscious and aware of the the culture of consumerism that we live in and that it it thrives off of our feelings of scarcity and lack Mm. this consumer culture and 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 extractive consumer capitalism extractive Mm -hmm. 
requires us to constantly be in need mm -hmm. and desire and mm -hmm. to feel like we don't have enough and that we need something outside of mm -hmm. us in order to be okay. Mm -hmm. And so even though I teach this, I'm also really clear that I'm also, I still, that I grapple with this a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you know? but you're still part of the dynamic because you're you're here, you're a human. Yeah. And and part yeah. of it too is this view that I've chosen to align to, which is like, okay, if something's coming up for me, then this is a huge gift that I get to heal it because yeah. I'm transmuting it then from this planet. I'm so yeah. one of the things we believe in theta healing is that um on the ancestral level. Um, belief patterns, all that can, traumas can be passed down seven generations. And so uh -huh. beyond that, we would call it um, the history level, which includes past lives and all that. It's just basically a way to make a distinction between a, a kind of a conscious tuning into people who are our direct lineage versus kind of all the other energies oh, okay. yeah. that are available, but both are able to be healed. But we believe that if somebody is on the other side and they were, let's say it's, let's just let's just play with this for fun, but it's probably truth because that's what happens. Um, it's a, a five generations back, a male. And I like you, side. by the way. I just want to make that really clear. <laughs> okay, go on, go on. <laughs> okay. so, um, mm, thank you. So, um, five generations back, a male on your dad's side. And so then I, I often remind the clients that then what comes through next around a story may or may not be true. We might not know. And sometimes, you know, my human self is the mouthpiece that's trying to filter this energetic information. And so the less we can get caught up in what that story might have been, and the more we can just tune into the energetic pattern. And I think mm -hmm. we already know so much of that because what played out with your dad wasn't the start of this energy. Yep, yep. 100%. Um, and so mm -hmm. the start of this energy was this ancestor. And part of what happened was torture. Part of what happened was a money situation. It feels like it was... Um, a very like upper class, like, um, I don't know what the governing structure or whatever would have been at the time, but the equivalent oh, yeah. of where he was yeah. to royalty or whatever that would yep. be. So someone with a lot of money in essence got yeah. tortured and bribed, which hence the, you can't speak anymore. Oh, and then his throat was split. Like he agreed to all the he agreed to all the like demands, but then he was yeah. eventually killed anyway. And wow. um, oh, it's heartbreaking that yeah. it feels like it played out in every other generation until your dad. Yeah. Um, oh so my it, God. it feels like there were two people in there that got that got to get away with not having to have this happen, but that your dad's grandfather had something equivalent maybe wow. happen as well, which uh -huh. you may or may not ever know. But for all the people who were on the other side, obviously your brother was a part of this too. If you would like to receive healing for this, they all automatically get healing. They like line up for it. They love it. And they're so, they're already grateful. They're like, we're here, we're ready. And then yeah. what happens in you is not only is that resolved for you, but also not, and, and you can't pass it down, but for anyone who's still alive, like for example, your brothers or anyone else in that family lineage that's still carrying it, who might still be alive, then I like to see it as like a cloud that's available to them. And mm. so it's like, if you tap into the cloud and you, and you doesn't necessarily even have to be conscious, it's even your soul just wanting it, then they receive the healing also, but it's respecting the free will. So it's not automatically yeah. healing the people who are still alive if they if they have more lessons to learn in it, because we, we can't know that yeah. part, right? Wow. So would you like me to go ahead and do this healing? Yeah, I wonder if I should share this one more last bit. To okay. You. Or do you want to? Do you no, want you, to? you. Okay, share, I feel like this, this is this is like, this will complete and this is cat 3.0 when I, okay. this is like the third version of cat, because I'm on the precipice of it. This mm -hmm. is, I love 
of, of course I'm meeting you right now. Of course <laughs> I am. And my dad is speaking through you. I mean, like, and, and through me. I mean, his story is being told. This is like, <laughs> this is crazy. I can feel his presence. Um, so remember I said I got a one-way ticket to Seoul, Korea? Well, I'm still being called to go to Korea. And I've, I've, I've spoken to um, my astrologer, and he didn't even know my plans, but it's all cosmically astrologically aligned mm -hmm. that in the next 10 years i will be working very heavily in korea and mm. the, this was all going to happen in in 2021 i will be making my move in 2021 mm. mm -hmm. so why do i want to go to korea number one i have this relationship with my father now mm -hmm. i've never had and until until the moment he died, he was this person that I was so disappointed with. Mm -hmm. And I, I was, I even wished that he would die, that mm -hmm. he would have died. Like, I admit that, like, I, mm -hmm. there was moments when I'm so mad, I thought, if, I wish you would just die, mm -hmm. it would make things easier. Mm -hmm. um, lo and behold, it did. <laughs> it did make things easier. And, um, but now I have this beautiful relationship with my father that I've always wanted. And I want to know who he was. I want to know what he stood for. Um, I want to know who he was fighting with and who, who he was fighting against. Like, what was he passionate about? Mm -hmm. All of these things that I, I, I don't have any clue about um, because he never told us. So number one, I have this strong, strong desire to know my father. Um, so to go to Korea, and I've been reading the history, I've been understanding it more, and oh my goodness. So you said there's two, five generations. Well, just so you know, Korea was occupied by Japan from 1910 to 1945. This mm. was a, a period of great, great turmoil um, and war. Uh, you know, Japan, uh, Imperial Japan came to Korea, killed the men, okay, um, demascul emasculated them. Um, they raped the women, called mm -hmm. them comfort, and they're called comfort women, but Japan still has not acknowledged it. Japan still has not acknowledged it. Mm. Um, they didn't allow us to speak our own language. So it was mm -hmm. completely colonized for, for um, 35 years. Um, the World War II ended, mm -hmm. and, fi and Japan finally left in mm -hmm. 1945. But then, right after that, Korea, because of political turmoil, like when you when your oppressor leaves, what do you do when you've been mm -hmm. oppressed for that long? Mm -hmm. um, it went into civil war. Mm -hmm. So now um, North Korea, and that's when North Korea and South Korea they split after a civil war. Um, and my father was the child of that, you know, of that type of, you know, energy and mm -hmm. um, um, pain and suffering and oppression. Mm -hmm. And um, what I'm learning so much is that number one, so number, so secondly, that I'm going back to Korea, um, that women still have not been given 100% um, choice to be who they want to be. Mm. And that, they, you know, they make 30% less than men. Uh, they, 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 it's hard for them to imagine or dream outside of just being a housewife. Although now they want to, right now they want to have their own career, but they know that if they have children, that all they can do is stay home and take care of their kids. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's this liberation, women's liberation movement that has been going on for many years, but you know, because of everything that we're going around globally, things are fucking f falling apart and things are gonna shift quickly. Mm -hmm. And I feel called so much to go and be part of this change, be mm -hmm. a leader there, bring my voice with my, with my um, background and everything and the astrological re astrological reading said that i would be there because i have like uranus uranus mm -hmm. and, okay, like it's a big part of it so i will be there creating an organization that will be disrupting the status quo in a bigger mm -hmm. like very very different um it's going to be a, a an organ organization of sisterhood or brotherhood so mm -hmm. it's going to be an organization where we're all working together and my vision before and he didn't know this, but my vision is to go there and create an organization of all women, mm. and it's going to be based around um, women's empowerment and mm -hmm. bringing teachings over there. Um, and so that's coming up very soon, Tina. Mm. And the thing that I have been like, even just today, I was like, what is it with me? Not like, what's this resistance around fully going out and sharing mm. all that I am? Mm -hmm. There's still a little bit there, but I'm at the precipice of changing it all. 
You really are. And what I'm feeling is that part of it is so that you could learn that Mm. healing the past is possible, not only Mm. healing your own past, but others past, Mm. because Mm -hmm. there's so much collective trauma in the people that you're going to be working with that, um, one of the things that came up as you were telling your dad's story, he didn't know that healing was possible and maybe healing for him wasn't, you know, maybe, maybe in many ways, because the energy on the earth is changing rapidly. Things that are possible. Mm-hmm. I tell my mom this all the time. Cause she's like, you're finding this out when you're 40 and I, here I am 70, whatever. And I'm like, yeah. And what's possible in the earth right now is so yeah. different. So there's 20 year olds who are learning what I'm learning right now, right? It's not about yeah. our age. It's about what's possible. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you are going to come in as a steward of all of this, and you're going to be mm-hmm. a very famous face. Mm-hmm. And so, you yeah. know, deep within that you want to be right within you. Yeah. Before you start speaking all of this, because it feels simply like unfinished business. And there's like a little Mm. bit more earth school for you to do here for you to get, you know, with the, with the freedom of information that we have with the ability to connect with people with learning. You're such a curious mind to learn Mm -hmm. new, whether it's a new modality or, um, I'm, I'm also being told to just send you some of the information about theta healing. It's already huge in Japan. So I'm curious if it has any presence in South Korea. Um, Uh And it's fascinating because it's something that um, you would think would potentially come up against certain religions in other parts of the world or all that. It's way bigger outside of the U S even though it's created in the U S and the, 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 the person who, is the steward of it mm-hmm. lives here with her family and they all teach and all that they are around the world all the time teaching this stuff and it takes hold in brazil and in japan and in dubai and in australia way faster and way easier than it does here mm-hmm. so it's interesting because yeah. it's almost like you're on this wow. treasure hunt and you're picking up the last few little crystal eggs yeah. or whatever else so that you can go over there with this full toolkit and yeah, you you yeah. have the face for it and that's like literal and metaphorical right it's like people are gonna pay attention because of who Mm -hmm. you are as a soul and also because of who you are as a human yeah yeah I feel that and there's Mm -hmm. there's that fear again that's coming up like I have to be visible I have to be Mm -hmm. seen I have to be Mm -hmm. comfortable with that Mm -hmm. um and so that that it, it becomes a little bit uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, one of the messages that my father gave me was that um, um, that I am to complete what he couldn't finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and his unfinished business. Yeah, and I don't know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it, me- I don't think it means exactly what he was working on. Sure. But it's the work yeah. with our people in Korea. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. Are you, do you want me to do this healing? Yes. Because, yes. Sorry. Okay. And then what I'm going to ask from you is yeah. in, it says, uh, we believe in theta healing that it takes two nights sleep for everything to kind of rearrange itself energetically and in your mind and all that. Okay. I would love to hear from you like yeah. the early next week as yeah. to how different it feels to think about yeah being on the stage again, being on television again, being, you know, yeah. all the places that are really out in public, because you're going to be super out in public. And I don't know how long it's going to take, you know, once you get there, you're going to network and start yeah. meeting the right people and do your, you yeah. know, do your thing. But there's going to be a, a point in time that it, and I think it's going to hit faster than, I mean, wow. you already know that it's going to hit fast, but it's going to hit faster than you even know. Oh my God. Tina. It's going to be amazing. So anyway, let me jump in. Okay, um, okay. So what I'm going to do for this feeling is I'm going to go back and there's two main points we like to touch upon. One is just what's the energy that wants to heal and pull any beliefs that were from that torture um, and the betrayal and all of that heal the trauma from all of it. And then the other thing we do is we ask what were the gifts that were learned? Because any incident that happens in life, no matter how horrific or painful, it's always happening so that our soul could learn something while we were here 
or else we mm-hmm. wouldn't have encountered it. And so we'll yeah. kind of dive into um, feeling what those things might be. And again, they're going to be high level energies. So they're going to be maybe things like um, one of the things I'm hearing is a reverence for human life mm. was one of the things learned. Um, yeah. Okay. So let me go in and let me, oh, he feels so relieved. He says, thank you for being here. And so the first thing that we're doing is we're just pulling all the trauma from the throat and sending that directly to source and using source energy to heal all that, both energetically around the freedom to speak and also just very physically. What I'm hearing is it's not safe to speak my truth. Does that feel true? So do I have permission to pull that and replace it with it's safe to speak my truth? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Would you like to know that it's necessary for you to speak your truth? Okay. Yes. Uh And that you came here to speak your truth and that you know how to live every day speaking your authentic truth. Mm. Yeah. And that your source of truth is your own experience and creator, God, source, whatever word you want it, mm. that it's, it's a cosmic truth you're speaking. Mm. Okay. Now the betrayal part, mm. the message was, it's not safe to trust other people. Yeah. So would you like that resolved and that it's safe to trust? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm, I'm already seeing an image of coming together of just people around a circle holding hands like that, that trust and that ability to be in community as mm. like such a connecting positive force instead of what had so much fear in it before. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Would you, would you like to know that it's safe to have an abundance of wealth? Yeah. And that you know how to, and that, you get to use your wealth for you and for any cause that you feel is worthy, that there's enough for everyone. Mm -hmm. It's so funny. We all forget that so often, but the reality is that if you redistributed all the wealth on the planet, there's more than enough for everybody. Always. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And more and more of it's going to be flowing into hands of people like you and me so that we can go do the good in the world we've lived quite enough of the not this of the people using it for power and Mm -hmm. for fear um power over you know power and it's and it's incorrect uses okay so the last thing is oh the kid the being tortured Mm, that just feels so unfair so let's just send a huge healing to all of the people who have both physically or emotionally been tortured and also anyone who's felt tortured by energies, by stories in their head, by things that maybe are less obvious as to the source, but nevertheless, none of us want to feel tortured. Hmm. He says, I just want to know that it's safe to breathe. Hmm. So we're giving him that. Would you like to know that your breath is part of what gives the entire planet breath and air? Yeah. That we all get to breathe together with these collective lungs in love and in peace and in harmony and connection. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I'm seeing the person who tortured him because I'm like, how are we going to reconcile this one? That's just fucked up, you know? Yeah. I'm seeing the person who tortured him coming back and apologizing and asking for forgiveness. Wow. Saying he was he was told to do it. He didn't understand. He didn't mean to cause harm. He, he mm. it's like he was a, you know, like a, a, I don't know what the right word is even for it, but like um, sent by somebody else. Like he, he didn't. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And so we're going back to that, that ruler, that opposing force that it's the same dynamic that played out for your dad as it did for the generations before that there were sides. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing instead, oh, this is really interesting because I don't know a lot about Native American rituals, but I'm seeing Native American energy coming in here wow. and saying that they're going to heal this through a, like a peace accord, like around um, a circle and whether that you know, is around a fire or around um, a meal or, or simply just everyone's equal in this circle. Everyone sits on the ground. They hold hands and they say a prayer together first. And they actually, it's what it is, is it's bringing us the energy in again of we don't solve disagreements by someone's right and someone's wrong, someone lives and someone dies, like that polarity has outlived its usefulness by a long shot. Mm. And they're teaching us, and this is what they've done for thousands of years, that you sit down and you talk through it and you find a creative solution that works for everybody. Yeah. And you speak from the heart and mm. that human beings knew how to do this. Mm -hmm. So... We're giving that energy into not only the healing of this situation, but also like the healing of the history of Korea mm. and knowing that it's possible that there have been a long time. I heard when you said about the Japanese occupation yeah, starting in 1910, what I heard was that, it, and it's been going on for a lot longer than that. And whether yeah. it's, internal or whether it's extra you know back and forth but just so much yeah so much trauma to be lifted there and um so what we're doing is we're infusing the whole country and thus the whole world with the possibility that instead we sit down we talk through it from the heart we connect deeply we look into each other's eyes and we honor and respect everybody's voices knowing that if we sit there for long enough we always come human beings are incredibly creative we always mm. come to something way better than whatever we thought we were fighting about before mm. okay so i feel like the healing ritual has been completed i'm going to your dad i'm seeing him giving you a huge hug and then your brother seeing your brother come back to life and that's meant obviously metaphorically wow but it's almost like his soul was trapped in between because of it's like he came into this world and experienced this energy right away and had to leave but he didn't get to live out he didn't get to learn anything while he was here it was just like so he gets to be fully reunited with source with his family, soul family, whatever that looks like with all of you. And he's free to be a guide. He's free to do learning on the other side. He's free to come back when it's time for him to come back. But bottom line is he won't feel trapped anymore. And um, I'm feeling that a lot of what you would hear and experience was him within you oh. trying to trying to get out. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. It feels really good. Everyone feels so much cleaner and clearer and happy. And to six-year-old you, that very first memory of the diet pills, I'm just seeing some of that energy got trapped like in your stomach. Can I just allow it to wash out with source? Yes. Yeah this cleansing. So you have a perfectly healthy microbiome. 
Mm. Mm. And your six-year-old self is getting back to doing all the things six-year-olds should do. She's playing, she's loving, she's enjoying the sunshine and nature, and she's just free to be who she is. Yeah. Wow. Mm. How do you feel? Perfect. That's amazing. It's, um, you know, everything that you are voicing right now, um, it's like you are summarizing very beautifully all the things that have been coming my way. First of all, I've been having gut issues. So for, mm. or I've been thinking that I have gut issues and I've been paying more attention to my gut and for you to say microbiome and, and healthy there. I'm like, wow, <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I've been getting messages that I need to be uh, more present and have more fun like a child mm-hmm. recently. And so, I mean, you're just confirming everything that I've been um way already I love that because that just shows that you're so ready for it and that you'll experience newness in your everyday life and your experience like immediately it's not you're not starting to scratch the surface you're you're there you're ready yeah Mm. that was amazing Mm, thank you so (laughs) much so tell me what are you most excited about for on behalf of like the offerings or the work you're doing right now yeah. Uh, okay. So I, um, yeah, the School of Divine Confidence will be opening its doors again in January. Mm. And again, this is where I serve um, rising women leaders and spiritual seekers who are really, you know, ready to step into that best version of themselves and truly make a difference. Um, so that's coming up and it's really exciting because, um, because I'm teaching and I love teaching. And one of the, one of the, uh, one of the best things I've heard from previous students of the school is that they say, you know, I have a relationship with God now that I never thought I could have. Um, and they say, I'm not afraid of the word God anymore. And, and you know, just to make it really clear, I'm not religious. I, I, I don't I don't claim any specific religion, but I'm talking about the presence of spirit that that exists all around us like we have access to that and and we can learn how to like you do so beautifully um connect with it but we can also delegate to it and if we don't we kind of end up up a creek right <laughs> that's where a lot of people are right now <laughs> um so I'm really excited about that. And um, anyone who's interested in connecting with me um, can find me in the Confident Leadership Community on Facebook. Okay, and, we'll put um, all this stuff in the show notes. So yeah. we'll make sure we get it all right. And I I just love that you have this divine confidence. That That's just such a, it's such an expansive name and feeling. And it's what the human beings on this planet need right now. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I define divine confidence as having an unshakable faith in knowing who you are Mm. and what you're here to do, regardless of what's going on in the world outside of you. So regardless of a pandemic, regardless if your father is a gambling addict, okay, regardless of what's in your bank account, like, like really, regardless of, um, you know, like this physical world, regardless mm-hmm. of any of those things, which are always arising and falling anyway, right? Mm-hmm. We live in a world where things arise and they fall. Regardless of those things, you could be grounded with an unshakable faith in knowing who you are and what you're here to do. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> I fucking love it. I love it. And I love you so much. Thank you for having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.